Welcome to the Ottawa Life Magazine podcast. My name is Dan Donovan. My guest today is Ottawa mayoralty candidate Mark Sutcliffe. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Dan, it's great to be with you. Great to see you and uh, really excited to have the opportunity to chat. Well, I was fascinated when you entered the race. Uh, for listeners, I, I'm sure everyone in the city knows this now, but just to, to go back a couple of steps. So Mark's a, an Ottawa businessman, publisher, entrepreneur. I think you served on more boards in the city than pretty well anyone I know. And, and I, I suppose the great news about that is both uh, public and private boards. So you bring some uh, experience to the table in terms of uh, executive management, board governance and management. In your campaign, you've put out a fully costed uh, platform where you're dealing with a number of issues. I wanted to focus in on on three issues with you, Mark, uh, issues that have been raised in the campaign. Uh, the first one I want to go to is policing. Uh, the Ottawa Police Service budget is just over $346 million a year. Uh, this past winter, uh, during the trucker protest, the disarray of the Ottawa Police Service Board and the problems with the chief led to the resignations of all the members of the, pretty well all the members of the Police Services Board. The chief of police uh, left his job. Uh, the, the issue is whether or not he was asked to leave or he resigned, but he left in the middle of that. Uh, we've talked a lot about taxpayers' money in this. And just for background, when the chief left, he was paid, he was given a payout to the end of his contract, a mil, almost, it's almost a million dollars of taxpayers' money for leaving. The Ottawa Police Services Board, during their tenure, have paid out over, and, and they won't release the figures, but we know in the last six years, it's over $20 million in costs for uh, civil settlements and lawyers' fees for uh, victims of police misconduct. There have been over 80 Ottawa police charged in the last six years. Now, I'm, I'm setting this up and saying this because I'm not anti-policing uh, in any way, but it goes to the issue that's been raised in this campaign about budget in this city. When police are charged here, they're not they're paid until literally the day they go to trial, and, and if it's guilty, until the day they literally are convicted. This has cost the city millions of dollars. So with that as a background, you've said that you want to put more police in the, in the market to deal with market crime issues. As you know, you've also said that this is a mental health and, 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 a, and, and a medical issue really in the market, not a crime issue. So I just want to see if you can maybe speak to those issues a little bit um, from your own perspective. And, and the final part of that is, if you're elected mayor, will you serve on the Ottawa Police Services Board? Will you take the same type of care? And, and uh, with the police services budget, you talk about savings across the city. You want to save $80 million, I believe. Are you going to treat everyone across the city, all the departments, the same? Can you just address some of those issues? So, yes, I would serve on the police services board if I was elected mayor. I've, I've made that clear from, uh, from when we first released our, our safety platform for the city. Um, so let's take a step back for a second, Dan. Uh, you raise a lot of very important points in your question. Um, uh, the city of Ottawa is going to grow by 500,000 people over the next 25 years. Uh, we've seen certain areas of crime on the increase in recent years. And there are people who are calling to defund the police, to cut the police budget. Some of them are calling for it to be cut by hundreds of millions of dollars. 
Catherine McKenney, my main opponent in this election campaign, has spoken out in favor of cutting the police budget in the past, in favor of defunding the police. I don't think we're going to be able to keep Ottawa safe, and I don't think the majority of Ottawa residents think we're going to keep Ottawa safe going forward as the population grows with fewer police resources than we've had in the past. I just don't think that's realistic. So the police budget has actually shrunk as a percentage of the overall city budget in recent years. Uh, There are a number of different people who have done analyses of the police budget, and they have pointed out that, that right now we're understaffed. There are many times in Ottawa where we don't have enough resources on the road in this city. Um, and so we need we need better policing and we need more police resources. Now, what I've talked about in my plan is hiring another 100 employees of the Ottawa Police Service in the next few years. Not necessarily uniformed officers, but employees. Some of them will be in uniform, some may not be. And I want to target those employees, those new hires, in some specific areas. One of them is gun crimes, because we've seen an increase in gun crimes this year in Ottawa. One of the areas is violence against women, and one of the areas is hate and bias crimes. Those are areas of priority that I want to invest in and we need to address. You brought up the issue of mental illness and and substance use disorder. We've had a number of issues in the byword market and in other places in Ottawa around that. And I think we need to pilot different ideas in terms of how we respond to those calls. It doesn't always need to be a policing and public safety approach when someone is suffering uh, an event because of mental illness or substance use disorder. We can we can have a different approach in some of those cases. So I'm in favor of looking at those options. And in the byword market, as you raise the 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 issues in the byword market, I want to put a community resource center in the Byward market that would include the police, but would not be limited to the police. So it's not a police station. It's a community resource center, which would have some police, would have representatives of Ottawa Public Health, would have representatives of social service agencies that are supporting the people who are uh, the most vulnerable. And it would be a resource center to address safety in the Byward market. So... Those are some of the highlights of, of what I'm proposing from a community safety perspective. Well, can I just go back to some of those issues? You talked about some of the issues related to women um, and, and uh, the issues related to crime, to gun crime. Uh, the, and, and I would agree with you. I don't think anyone, most of the people in the city are not in favor of defunding the police. So uh, that's and, and the, the need to protect the community. But what do you do, Mark, when you have, it's well known, it's well documented, the Fifth Estate did a show on this, the Ottawa Police Service has serious issues with regards to misogyny within the force, they have serious issues with regards to misconduct. The average salary of a third, of of, of a person in the Ottawa Police after serving three years is $110,000 a year. This is all taxpayer money. And so if you're if you're calling for more resources for the police, the police in real terms, their money's gone up in 2018. Their budget was around 289 million. It's gone up every year since, and now it's at almost 350 million. Last year at the police services board meeting, when they had these apparent public input, uh, over 76 organizations came forward and said they shouldn't get an increase in the budget until they clean up their act, uh, their own act, where. Police are, as I said, when they're charged, they're they're paid in full to sit at home and watch Netflix. 
we're paying victims of, you know, the Abdi Rahman case is a good example. Here in the Abdi Rahman case, we had, as you know, we had a man beaten to death in Lower Town by the Ottawa police. It went to trial. It was very controversial. The trial ended, and the officer who did this was put back on the force. The Abdi Rahman family then was paid a, a, a large settlement, a large civil settlement. And, and myself and a lot of other people are going, well, hang on a second. Where are the consequences here? This is all taxpayer money. All the lawyers' fees were paid by the taxpayers. This this policeman gets off. Then they, they turn around. They wouldn't disclose what the settlement was. So why would a guy who, why would, why would we be paying a settlement if this policeman didn't do anything wrong? Why is he still in the force? So I just, again, I, I want to go back to what type of a commitment can you make if you're on the police services board in terms of holding the police to account for their budgetary issues, for example, would you would you request an independent auto of the Ottawa Police Service before you gave them more money? So I think we're talking about two different things here, Dan, and I, I agree with you that the police service has to do better. And and so we need a better police service. And I've spoken with many people in racialized communities in Ottawa. Uh, I've spoken to many people with some expertise in this area. We need the police service to do better. Some of these issues are specific to the Ottawa Police Service. Some of them are, are more, more broadly the issues that police services all over North America are dealing with right now. There are issues of, uh, there are systemic issues that need to be addressed, and we need to do that. But we, uh, this is not increasing the police budget or hiring more officers or hiring more resources at this at the police service to address specific kinds of crimes is not is not rewarding people. It's not it's not rewarding the police service for bad behavior. If 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 we have issues with a particular area of the city budget and we're concerned about. Uh, about the performance, uh, we still have to deliver the service in the meantime, right? So agreed. But so don't you I just, agreed? I just put that. I, 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 so so I'm I'm focused on two things at the same time. I'm going to sit on the police services board. The city deserves a better police service. We need to deal with these issues, these systemic issues, uh, and we need to move forward on that. And at the same time, we need a safe community and we need the resources to make sure we can deliver a safe community. And we can't cut the police budget as the population is growing and certain types of crime are rising. Can you just speak a little more, Mark, to the issue? We've spoken to many people in the Byward market, many businesses, very upset about the conditions in the Byward market, uh, that, that it's in, they say it's in such a decline. <clears throat> the number of people walking around who have serious drug issues who are committing petty crimes. Can you just speak to some specific things? I mean, you say, okay, we're going to put some more police in a community center, but do you, how do you see resolving that awful issue down there in the market of, you know, obviously people are really suffering. These, these people are, they have mental health issues. Um, They require interventions. And it seems right now that the policy is to, the intervention seems to be the safe injection sites or to give them, you know, to give them temporary release and then just to let them leave after that and just walk around again and continue to do what they're doing. Do you, do you have any ideas in terms of how we can stop that sort of rinse and repeat cycle in the market and, and get some help to these people? 
it breaks my heart when I see what's happening in the byword market and uh, and in other parts of the city with regard to substance use disorder, mental illness, and people suffering from trauma. Uh, this is an area uh, where where I volunteered for more than twenty five years. I've been a volunteer with the Royal Ottawa Hospital, um, and I have a, a, an enormous amount of concern and compassion for the people who are are suffering through these challenges. And we need to demonstrate compassion in the approach we take to this. So um, as as a first step, uh, I've talked about investing more money in the agencies that support the most vulnerable in our community. We also need more supportive housing because uh, we can't continue to have people in shelters where uh, it's a temporary solution or in hotel rooms and motel rooms where where it's the quality of life is terrible and it's an expensive solution. So we need to work with some of the agencies that provide uh, permanent supportive housing so that people are not only given a place to live, but they also have the resources they need to get uh, to get through each day. Um, and so we need to get everybody working together. And I've promised to bring together leaders from throughout the community uh, on a task force within 30 days of taking office to start working on this issue. We need to address homelessness, mental illness, and substance use disorder, and look after the most vulnerable in our community. And it's going to take a team effort to do that. How will you, uh, in real terms, measure progress on that file, Mark, when you're the mayor? Well, we need we need to look every day at the number of people who are homeless in our community and who are who are suffering. Um, we need to uh, we need to build more supportive housing units. So we're going to need to track that. We're going to need to make sure that we're making key investments in in the programs that support the most vulnerable. Um, so there's there's a lot we need to do. But the first step, in addition to what I've already talked about, that's committed in my platform, the first step is going to be getting the best people together to come up with an action plan to solve this, and then we'll we'll have the right measures in place to track our progress against that action plan. Um, I, I just want to pivot from that to another uh, group in the city, some of whom are in good shape, but others who, of course, are vulnerable, and that's uh, seniors. I know that uh, in the last day you've posted a, uh, a thing on, on social media about your mom and, and uh, coming to Canada. Your your mom came here as a, uh, from another country. I, I actually, I never knew that until I saw that this morning. That was a bit of a surprise to me. So I thought it was an interesting post, a great post. Uh, obviously, uh, she, she, she's a senior. Um, can you just speak to the seniors in this city? I think uh, we've been talking to several seniors in the in the last number of days and and just what are your uh, thoughts uh, and policies that are focused on seniors uh, and, and what commitments can you make to them? I've been meeting with a lot of seniors at retirement residences and throughout the community, knocking on doors uh, over the past several months. And what I've heard. So, first of all, I have the greatest respect for seniors. Obviously, they built our community. Uh, they deserve our support uh, and their and our gratitude um, and, uh, and, you know, having, having been a, a radio talk show host on CFRA for many years, I was talking regularly with seniors every day who were listeners to the program. Um, so I'm very aware of, of the concerns of seniors. What I heard from a lot of them is they want better service from the city of Ottawa. They want 
uh, to be able to call 311 and and um, and get a quick response on the question they may have. They want better service from paratranspo. I've I've heard from many residents. Can, can I just who, can I just stop you there for a sec? Can you just talk for a second about paratranspo because this is a a part of the city uh, infrastructure that's really uh, been in decline in the last couple of years. A lot of seniors, but also a lot of disabled people, people living at independent living can't de- seem to depend on paratransport anymore. They can't seem to get the paratransport vehicles. Uh, often they, they have to try to get a, a cab to take them, which is very expensive. And as you know, these are the most vulnerable people in the society, people that need paratransport. So do you have any specific commitment with regards to paratransport uh, infrastructure and access for seniors and people who are disabled? So we need to improve paratransport. There's no question about that. People have to wait on hold sometimes for 30, 40 minutes before they speak to a live person to book paratransport. Uh, the service needs to be more reliable for the people who are using it. Uh, I've talked about appointing a citizen representative who uses paratransport to uh, the Transit Commission in order to make sure that the perspectives of paratransport users are reflected. Um, so that's, that's a really important issue. Um, and just to continue in, in terms of what I intend to do for seniors, Dan, obviously healthcare is a big area of concern. And it's, uh, I've heard about it a lot when I've knocked on doors. Uh, it, you know, much of healthcare is not a city responsibility. Obviously, it's a provincial responsibility. But there's two areas that I want to focus on if I'm lucky enough to be elected mayor. One of them is paramedics. We have been at level zero hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times this year. Uh, more than three times a day so far this year, we've been at level zero, meaning there is not a single ambulance available in Ottawa. That's just unacceptable. So we need to hire more paramedics and we also need to work with the provincial government and the local hospitals to expedite the admission of patients to the hospital. Because one of the main reasons why we end up at level zero is that paramedics will bring a patient to the hospital and they'll have to sit in the waiting room with that patient or in a corridor for six or seven hours before the patient is admitted, and they're not allowed to leave until the patient's admitted. They could be out serving other members of the community, but instead they're stuck in the hospital. So we need better paramedic service. We need more paramedics. The second area, Dan, is I will create a family doctor recruitment and retention strategy for the city of Ottawa because there are thousands of people in Ottawa who don't have a family doctor right now. Other cities are taking steps to recruit and retain family doctors, and Ottawa needs to do the same. So uh, those are two areas of priority that will help all the residents of Ottawa, but in particular, seniors. So these issues deal really with the capacity of the city to manage the budget and infrastructure they had, whether it's on increasing services for paratranspo. Uh, I would think it's regulatory changes that you'd be looking at in terms of, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, for those ambulances that go to the hospital and have to wait. Is that something that you see you would have to get a change at at the provincial level with the provincial health minister? Do you think there's an appetite for that? Um, It it does make sense that why would you have ambulances waiting around? Um, So what's your knowledge of that and, and, and how do you see specifically a solution for that? 
Yeah, I don't want to preempt any conversations I would have with the provincial government on that, but I think we need to sit down and work together to find those solutions. There's a There are approaches that have been taken in other provinces to solve this issue, um, and I'm open to looking at those approaches and applying them here, but I want to do it collaboratively with the with the provincial government. There are solutions we can deploy that will mean that paramedics are able to bring a patient to the hospital and not necessarily have to stay there as long with the patient and can therefore be back out in the community serving other members of the community. So that's what we need to get towards. Uh, and we need to do that working collaboratively and constructively with the provincial government, which I'm prepared to do. And I'm prepared to go to the provincial government with this as our number one priority after the election. Mark, former chief of staff to city mayor, Larry O'Brien, Walter Robinson, who is quite recognized in this region for his knowledge of city politics, has said that the current council has completely bungled the transportation system in the city. We all know the O-train fell off the tracks. There's serious problems with bus scheduling across the city. To get on a bus, it costs three seventy-five dollars per ride. So what's your plan to help city transportation so that citizens can get around our city in a cost-effective way and get to where they need to go? Sure. Yeah. So I've heard a a lot about this when I've knocked on doors throughout the city. Um, And I have a balance plan for transportation going forward where we will fix our roads, we'll fix public transit, we'll fix our sidewalks, we'll fix our bike lanes. Um, We need to do all of that for the safety of the people of Ottawa. People have complained about the state of our roads and sidewalks and bike lanes, how they're in disrepair. We haven't kept up that infrastructure. So I have a balanced plan to address all of that for the safety of people, however they are traveling around the city. Um, Catherine McKenney is going all in on bike lanes. And they have talked about $250 million of spending over the next four years on bicycle lanes alone. And uh, it's been pointed out that the interest on that will be something like $200 million in the years ahead. So the real cost to taxpayers is going to be $450 million for bike lanes, close to half a billion dollars just for bike lanes. So the, 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 the initial cost of $250 million or a quarter of a billion dollars plus the interest, uh, close to half a billion dollars for bike lanes. When I knock on doors, people bring this up all the time. They There are people who are cyclists. I'm a cyclist. I ride my bike often. Yeah, I ride my bike often. Um, I've used the bike lanes. Um, nobody who brings this up is anti-cycling. People, people are happy to see uh, others riding their bikes, and they're happy to ride their own bikes in Ottawa. But nobody thinks it's an appropriate expenditure at this time in a city that has five months of winter that we're going to get value for that money. Every dollar we spend on bike lanes is a dollar we're not spending on something else. And calling it a green bond, it's still debt. It's still debt with interest that we have to repay. So um, so it's, it's a very expensive proposal, and it is very unpopular with the people of Ottawa. Um, they just don't think, when, when they see the usage that bike lanes get uh, in January, February, March, and April, in December, even in November, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm uh, maybe, you know, maybe I'm a fair weather cyclist, if you want to call me that. But my bike goes away in in late October, early November, and I bring it out again in April or May. Uh, You could have $10 billion worth of cycling infrastructure in Ottawa, and I still wouldn't ride my bike in January. 
So it doesn't accomplish a whole lot to have this additional investment in bike lanes of that scale in a city like Ottawa. And that's the feedback that I've been hearing about Catherine McKenney's promise when I've been at the doors. Mark, council recently voted to increase property taxes for the next fiscal year by 3%. OC Transpo is running a deficit of over $85 million. This on top of the bungled O-train issue. The Ottawa Police Services have about $350 million, $346 million in budget. They were given an increase. Social service budgets for the city are way down. What's your plan for the budget for the city to ensure that taxpayers are getting full value for their money and that we're getting the services that we require? Yeah, so my approach to the city budget uh, and, frankly, to my entire platform, I, I released my entire platform in one package yesterday. It's probably the most comprehensive municipal election platform that anyone has released in, in, in more than a decade. And my plan is built on, on the pillars of compassion and fiscal responsibility. So we need to bring compassion. We need to understand the plight of seniors on fixed incomes, the, the people, the most vulnerable in our community. We need to understand the, the fact that many families in Ottawa are going through an affordability crisis right now. They're trimming their budgets because the price of everything has been going up due to inflation. Their mortgage rates have gone up. Their rental costs have gone up. So we need to be compassionate about what people in Ottawa are actually going through right now. And we also need to be fiscally responsible. And that's been my track record as an entrepreneur and board chair is to bring a level of fiscal responsibility to the organizations that I've led. And that's what I intend to bring to the city of Ottawa. So my plan is to have very limited tax increases over the next couple of years of two to two and a half percent and to invest in some priority areas like public safety, like helping the most vulnerable and to keep our costs as low as possible. I'm also uh, cutting recreation fees for families by 10%. I'm freezing transit fares to recognize that, that people can't afford to pay more for public transit. So I'm doing everything I can to address the affordability crisis while also keeping the city's finances in good shape. Catherine McKenney, in contrast, is borrowing hundreds of millions of dollars when interest rates are rising and raiding our reserves, depleting our emergency reserves that are supposed to be there for future weather events and other crises in the future. So to me, that's risky. It's a hard left turn, and it's putting the city's strong financial position at risk so that later on, there's a chance, there's a very strong chance that we won't have the resources we need to invest in priority areas and help the most vulnerable. We might have to cut programs and services later on because we don't have the resources if there's a crisis. I will not raid the piggy bank. I will not add hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of debt to pay for bike lanes. I will invest in priority areas that will impact the lives of the residents of Ottawa today, and I will keep costs as low as possible. And I will go through the budget line by line for the first time in 20 years to find efficiencies. I will not cut programs and services that, that impact people's lives. I will not cut the programs and services that we deliver to the residents of Ottawa, but I will find efficiencies within the city's travel budget, within the, the outsourcing of consulting work to, to, uh, to external consultants, uh, conferences that city employees attend, those kinds of things. We'll find some efficiencies to respect taxpayers' dollars and make sure they're being invested in priority areas. 
I'd like to pivot now towards economic development and small business and business in the capital. Catherine McKenney has talked about plans for government and government spending and to spend more money at City Hall to build infrastructure and other things. She hasn't talked a lot about the role of the business community in the city, which is a very large community, both the small business community, the tech sector, the life sciences sector. You have a long experience as an entrepreneur and as a business person in this region. Can you talk for a moment about what your expectations are for the business community in Ottawa and the conditions under which they operate in terms of how they are treated by the city in terms of rules, regulations, taxes, that sort of thing. And do you think that the the private sector in the city of Ottawa has a role to play in the growth of the city? So I've, I've been the chair of the Board of Trade and I've been a board member at Invest Ottawa and Algonquin College. And as you know, Dan, I was the, the co-founder of the Ottawa Business Journal and I created some of the big business events that we have in the city, including the 40 Under 40 and the uh, Best Ottawa Business Awards. Um, and I've been an entrepreneur. Um, and so I understand the concerns of small business owners who are struggling right now, including business owners in downtown Ottawa, where where the traffic that they used to have just isn't there anymore. Uh, we need a plan to revitalize downtown Ottawa and the Byward Market and make them destinations again. So I have a plan to do that. Uh, I want to get everybody in the community working together. So for me, it's not it's not a business approach versus a different kind of approach or or consulting with the business community instead of anyone else. Uh, I want to see the business community at the table along with leaders from other parts of the community. We got to bring everybody together to solve some of the challenges we're facing. And I want the business community to be part of that discussion. We need to drive more tourism to Ottawa. Uh, we need to bring more conventions to the city, more events. So I'm, I'm going to be a champion for Ottawa. I'm going to be a champion for economic development because economic development creates jobs, creates growth, and it creates the resources that we need to solve the challenges we face as a city going forward to help the most vulnerable, to invest in social services and in other areas. Without a strong economy, we can't accomplish uh, what we need to in other areas. We can't meet our goals and solve challenges. So it starts with a strong economy. And I'm committed to building Ottawa's economy, revitalizing downtown and the Byward Market and working with the business community, along with the leaders of all the other parts of our economy and parts of our community in building a better city. Mark, I want to thank you for taking the time today to join us on the Ottawa Life Magazine podcast and share with us your vision and priorities for the city of Ottawa if you're elected mayor. I want to commend you on a well-fought campaign and I wish you the very best on election night and we look forward to having you back uh, regardless of how this race turns out. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity, Dan. Okay, folks. Well, that's it for today. Just a quick note. Part of the way through this podcast, we ran into some mic issues, so you may have noticed a couple of technical glitches, but I think we've got them sorted out, and we're very pleased with uh, our interview today with Mark Sutcliffe, and I encourage everyone to go out and vote. Vote.